0: Welcome back to another episode of Being an Artist is Fucking fucking Killing killing Me. I'm Rainy. I'm Corinne. Welcome to Tuesday.
1: we got a new episode for you guys. Yeah. Nothing on our radar to let you know about. Um... But well, we have a very interesting guest this week.
0: We have a very special guest for you guys this week. We have Blythe Cronin, who is the designer and creator of Elizabeth Blythe Jewelry.
1: Yeah. Um, in this interview, I felt like she had lived a thousand lives mm-hmm. because she's done so many cool and interesting things. Um, the thing that she's like focusing on right now is this beautiful jewelry company mm-hmm. that she has makes the most amazing. I'm obsessed. Handmade. Engagement rings and other jewelry. Yeah,
0: and something that's so cool to me is that it's all like one of a kind jewelry. She doesn't yeah. reproduce. No, she refuses yeah. to to clients that want to. She like really focuses on like making it special for whatever it's being made for.
1: Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's super
0: cool. Yes. Here we go.
2: Hi, my name is Blythe Cronin. I'm a jewelry designer, a model,
0: and actor. This is the thing. I'm like very color. I'm a color person. So like if I get like a color jewel, am I like not gonna be able to wear anything like but that color or like white and black <laughs> that goes with that color? I don't think so. For the rest of my life. Like, I
2: don't know. <laughs> it's so personal though. Is it's the it same thing with like, like mixed metals. Like some people are like, no, I'm like I will love mixing metals. I'm always wearing all different colors and right. stuff.
0: Some people are like, no, only yellow gold or only white gold or yeah. Yeah, silver. Right? So mm-hmm. wow. It is interesting though.
1: After reading all of the like amazing things you sent us via email the first thing that like popped into my head was that you have a problem labeling labeling yourself mm-hmm. yeah you agree with that
2: yeah yes <laughs> i think especially with all the different things that i do right. you know, like i was talking to my mom on the way over and she's like so what are you going to talk about the, the fact that you're a model or an actor or like jewelry like what are you gonna right. focus on I'm like i guess i'll chat with them and see what direction it goes but um that like type of labeling as well as just kind of the comfort of labeling yourself an artist and kind of
0: what that means
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. um do you feel like it has to be to focus on one thing are you the type of person that needs to be completely focused on either your jewelry making or modeling or acting or do you feel like you're able to compartmentalize everything quite easily
2: yeah I think I've always had a bunch of different things on the go Mm -hmm.
0: um
2: and I'd kind of but it's like a bit of an energy kind of there's like, I only have so much energy and so much time to work on any of these different things. So it's, like, if my jewelry's really busy, then I'm kind of, like, the modeling and acting will, like, fall to the wayside a little bit. Or the same thing, because it's a really busy season for, for commercials or for, for auditions or whatever, then
0: mm-hmm. the
2: jewelry kind of slows down. So they actually end up working quite well together.
0: Mm-hmm. Do they, like, do their schedules kind of
2: relax? Yeah, like, weirdly, they're kind of opposite, because um, it slows down around the holiday season for auditions, but then that's when it picks up for... jewelry jewelry, and then it's busy in like the winter for kind of like pilot season auditions for um, for castings and then that's when it slows down and starts to pick up in the summer for for jewelry again so Hmm.
1: yeah it's a nice kind of like little balance yeah Mm -hmm. Um, do you have like a hard time labeling yourself because you feel like one of them really doesn't define you I think more so that was
2: like labeling myself as a model was always strange growing up because Mm -hmm. I think now with all the TV shows that have come out like everybody's like okay it's cool to be a model but when I was growing up it was oh she must think she's really she must think really highly of herself to be right yeah so that kind of that was how I kind of really like I never really labeled myself that way Mm -hmm. and then now to be transitioning out of modeling more so into acting it's kind of like well do I still identify as that even though it's just kind of a way to make money or now with acting, it's kind of because there's more skill attached to it than just your face that I feel <laughs> <laughs> that's where my kind of my ego is like, I don't really know if I'm
1: allowed to call myself that yet. Right. So. Because you haven't had like formal training.
2: Yeah. Formal training or even just like, like, I guess it depends on what you, what you qualify as what is an actor or what is, you right. know, but like I haven't had formal training to be a model. So sure. Right. But um, yeah, yeah, I feel like, you know, people who go through a theater degree or someone who goes through formal training to be an actor. Well, that's legit. That's Mm -hmm. that's something that they're like, okay, you can call yourself an actor.
0: Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. I I mean, I always remember Zoe Kenley, actually. Yeah. Because in in dance and in art and there's constantly like this like title of like emerging artist. (laughs) Yeah. Emerging dancer (laughs) or emerging actor. Mm -hmm. And I remember like Zoe Kenley, like. Two years out of university was just like screaming when we were on tour when I was like, I'm emerged! Stop calling me an emerging artist! I've emerged. <laughs> and you're just like but like still like we still get called emerging. I think you just get called emerging until you're like,
1: but when is that point where you're just like you've crossed over the line and you're yeah. no longer emerged, you know? Well, it depends. Like if you want to go by Canada Arts Council, it's like ten years. Mm -hmm. It's 10 years after you finish your formal education and you're recognized by your peers. Yeah. So there's like two layered prong. Yeah. But what does that even mean recognized by your
0: peers? Like I would say that you would recognize me as this, (laughs) you know, I don't know what that means. Yeah.
1: I don't, I don't know if it's like they asked if they like asked around, like, I don't think they're asking around, but maybe if they asked around, Yeah. you know, it's
0: just like hard to say like, who is anyone to say what qualifies as what? Yeah. Right. Yeah hmm. Well, that's interesting. I yeah, mentioned that like, because I was looking for grants for my jewelry as well. And I'm like, i oh, kind trying yeah.
2: to figure that there's like the emerging artist grants for. Yeah. 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 Like, okay, but, yeah, exactly. And then but I was looking at the other people who who were um, receiving those grants, I'm like, you've been busy and working for like, years. Like, yeah. You're, you're still emerging. What the heck am I? Yeah. <laughs> just a little baby. Mm-hmm. Just a
0: little baby artist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <the leg>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so mm-hmm. true. It's just like weird thing where you're just like you don't know. And then all of a sudden one day you're like, I know. I don't, like, what the fuck does that even mean? Or, like, with you with, like, modeling and acting, like, is it just all of a sudden one day you're, like, okay, I've qualified as an actor. Yeah. And what is it? What is it? Is it just, like, a thing in your brain that clicks? Is it, like, booking one job that, like, gives you the satisfaction of, like, successful in that compartment? Or I don't know.
2: I was talking to my husband about it. who's
0: like, he's literally my therapist and like, rock and sounding
2: <laughs> board and everything. I'm, like, have these constant meltdowns. i me, like, this is, you married an artist. You seem to be able to handle this. Um, <laughs> but during one of these meltdowns, whatever, I was, you know, I was like, you know, he's like, well, people go to theater school and they never, or like spend all that money on their career and they never book a job. He's like, you had five auditions this week, like chill.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. And he's
2: like, you know, at least you're getting out there and you're doing it. I think that's what it is for him. He was kind of like, you're.
1: You're doing. doing it. Yeah. Right? You're doing the thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. As long as you don't stop, I think that that's really what. Right. Right. I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. I was just like, thinking about that, too. I was like, I'm sure there is hundreds of people that get those degrees or do that schooling or do that formal training because mm-hmm. it's what they think they want. Yeah. And then, like, partway through or they're finished, they're like, oh, this is not actually what I thought it was. Well, they realize was. they,
0: like, mm-hmm. can't handle rejection.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Big, yeah.
0: Or, like, they realize that they, like, don't want to, like, have somebody tell them what they need to look like or what they need to yeah. be doing right yeah which is like a completely valid response by the way like totally just because i am a robot and i can just be like oh you want me to stand on my head and dye my hair purple and also just show my <laughs> tits cool i'll do that
1: <laughs> this doesn't classify tasteful, me as a better <laughs> human being, you know not at all
0: yeah
2: <laughs> that was pretty crazy with the modeling though too it's like yeah realizing I guess my current agent doesn't really, they're like, just look how you want to look and just be happy. But for Mm -hmm. years, it was like everyone telling you how you should look and what you should kind of like, I had black hair and bangs for the longest time because I thought that would work really well in Asia. And
0: Oh, yeah. I'm finally
2: going to do my bangs out for the first time. I was like, I'm <laughs> oh, my own person now. <laughs>
0: do you think that is just because of something that's like the way the world has been changing? So they're like more accepting of like models with tattoos. Models for sure. Yeah. Hair. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. I had like in my contracts before was like no tattoos and now I, I have tattoos and it's okay. So,
1: mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Um, did you find it very different going overseas to model? Oh, Where for sure. Saying, yeah. Yeah.
2: Even like the different markets, like, Tokyo is, like, a friendlier, cleaner New York City. Um, mm-hmm. Very, like, they have very, like, stringent rules. Like, eight-hour days, break every four hours. They'd ask me what my eating, um, like, if I have any dietary restrictions. Nice. Um, mm-hmm. Bottles of water everywhere. Like, are you okay? Are you comfortable? Um, very organized. Made a driver. Um, and then uh, Bangkok was, like, crazy. Like, you chew up to your job and then... People be rolling in for a couple hours, then everyone arrives and they take a break, people drinking wine on set, just really relaxed, and then they wouldn't get the shots, they'd have to reshoot it the next day. Mm. Um, And then, uh, then China was just, was very, like, very grueling. Long, long, long days, you'd be traveling all over the country, um, flights and trains and, there was like a s- four or five days where i was kind of on trains and flights and not sleeping and i've kind of had a meltdown at the end i'm like i can't go i can't go again like, mm-hmm. so my manager was kind of annoyed at that point but it's like that's you what know, you needed yeah it was hard to push back and say i can't do this and then i didn't have auditions for a couple of days and like they punished you for sure if you don't if you don't do what oh, they want yeah really mm-hmm. and it's different than here because here, your agent will take like between 10 to 20%. There, yeah. they take 50%.
0: Um,
2: and then they also, they'll front everything to you. So they pay for your flight, for your apartment, um, your driver, your, you get a weekly allowance. So you can take taxis and for food and whatever like that. Um, but then you have to pay it back as you work. So, but you have to earn double your debt to start making money because 50% goes to them as their fee. And then 50% goes to your debt.
1: So let's wow. say your debt's
2: like five grand when yeah. you arrive, and you've earn ten grand before you'd even start earning any money. Wow! Mm-hmm. Is it and that's just when you're it's just when you're traveling on contracts, and that's only Asia as well. If you go to Europe, you have to pay for everything yourself. Mm. So you
0: can also leave in debt,
2: um, and then you owe your agency money when you leave.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I've heard like because I've had a lot of friends that actually have gone over to Asia to like model and. They were saying that their flights are always, like, the disaster flights. Like, it's you don't get, like, the convenient flight. You get, like, literally the cheapest flight. So they'll fly, like, I don't know. They'll fly, like, to Australia to go to China <laughs> to, like, Bangkok. It's just, like, they it's all always, the like, all over with, like, the craziest layovers. So, yeah. like, I imagine that, like, that in, traveling in itself is just, like, exhausting. And, like, also so much time to just, like, think. Whenever I'm on a plane, I'm constantly, like... I don't know. My most retrospective, I
2: think. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you don't know. Yeah, it's like it's exciting, but also scary. You don't know. And like you don't, I like when I arrived in China, my, you're supposed to have someone pick you up at the airport and there was nobody there. Mm. And I had no money because it's not a, you can't get um, Chinese currency outside the country because it's not tradable. So I arrived in the airport, I had no money. I had like a little, I had a phone number. So I got, I'm waiting around for so long. And then I'm like, well, I, I asked the lady at the desk to call them and they wrote down the directions where to go. Got in a taxi and the, the directions were just to an intersection, so the taxi drops me off in the street corner and like downtown to Shanghai. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I gave myself like five minutes to cry and I'm like, okay, like get it together. I walk myself to a police station and then he called them and then he ended up taking me to the agency and they were like, wow, we can't believe you got here, like that's amazing. What? Like, and you're like, you're supposed to-, to fucking. get I me. know, like you're supposed to pick me up. Like they're like, oh, we thought you're coming tomorrow. Like. Cool, cool 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 cool
1: oh yeah
2: my god. it definitely like shows you how strong you are and i was like oh my god this is ridiculous yeah
0: yeah you are vulnerable when you're traveling in a country yeah and you have no idea
2: and you're like money tired. i would be like stressed just to
0: have not having money stresses me out yeah you like not having like something to just be like oh fuck i'll just put it on a credit card or yeah like, exactly it, i'll just
2: well and that was weird too because it's like non-tradable currency and then they try and pay you in cash when you're leaving so it's like just, what do you say? Well, I, I was like, well, no, like I can't take this because you can't, if, if you take it, then you get back to your own country and you can't do anything with it. Right. So I knew someone who was like a, he does business back and forth, so he bought it off me anyway, so it was fine. But like these girls who are like 15, 16 coming from- I have no idea. They don't speak English, let alone Mandarin. And they, yeah. so they're going back with like all of their money for their family and hopefully they can find someone to get rid of it. But it's,
0: yeah, it's so very shady. strange. It's so shady. It's There's so a lot of really shady things
1: that are going on there. Yeah oh mm-hmm. uh, uh, that would be like the first tip up for me if I like got to the airport and they didn't know I was there you're like cool yeah wow yeah, that nice. was very strange I would immediately uh, be like
0: I'm gonna get stolen
1: right this is taken Ooh. yeah
0: before. yeah, <laughs> <Taking> <laughs> <forward>. yeah. <laughs> Ooh, that's so crazy um you were talking about before about how you like had a breakdown before you called them and you were like I can't fucking do this anymore yeah what was it that like caused that breakdown? Was it just like lack of sleep?
2: Was yeah, it... it was like I think I had like a job where I had to take a train to like another city and then we had runway auditions all day or runway rehearsal, story all day and then a runway show and then a train back overnight and then when I got there my manager was like, Hey, we're flying to another country or flying to another city, hop on the plane, fly, start shooting in the morning to get the golden hour or whatever, nap a couple hours, and then they wanted to keep shooting. Um, just the way they shoot as well in China, it's a lot of catalogs um, stuff because mm-hmm. they do, like, a lot of online shopping. So mm-hmm. it's – and the way you're paid, like, you're paid per hour. So you're kind of trying to draw it out, but they're paid per item. So they're trying to, like, rush you through everything. So this is kind of, like, constant oh, back and forth. Uh-huh. Um, but then you, you show up and there's, like, like 10 racks of clothing and you're, like, okay, like just throw it on couple shots, done. Throw it on, couple shots, done. You're just a mannequin. And then you're like, okay, I'm, I'm getting done. I'm almost there. And then four more racks of clothing are what? come out and you're like, oh man. So you can have like 14, 15, 16 hour days. Um, I remember one of those in that four day stretch, I was begging to go to the bathroom and then they were all arguing in Mandarin. I didn't understand. I was so tired. And, and finally like, okay, I assumed someone had to walk me to a different building or something to go to the bathroom. And it was a door that was like right there. And, and was, they wouldn't just, they you just, walk just walk over? Yeah. And then right. that's when I was kind of like at that point I go to the bathroom, like cried a little bit. I'm like, Hey, you got this, like you can do
0: this. Right. Um, and you don't have anybody because like all those people that are on the yeah. set aren't going to be like motherly to you, probably. Exactly.
2: Like sometimes you have a manager on a set, but other times you wouldn't. Like at that point night, my manager was with me because they would one of them would travel with me to go to a different city. Um, but he was at the hotel or something. Um and then after that we flew back and then I was That was like three or four days in or something. And then there was another manager being like, hey, you're getting on a train to go somewhere else right now. And I was like, I can't do this. I just need to sleep. How old were you at that point? I was old enough. I was like 23 or 24, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. I was in university. I went over for a summer Mm -hmm. um, between semesters.
0: And you just decided that you were done? Yeah.
2: I think if I was 19, I would have been like, okay, whatever. I don't care. I'll do this. But... I remember when I was 19 and I was there and I was out partying every night and there was the the older models who would go to the gym and cook their, like go get groceries and cook dinner and just be Skyping their boyfriends. I'm like, loser. And then (laughs) I'm like, cool, like I'm going out for my free drinks and free dinner tonight. Um, And then when I was older in China, I was that girl. I'm like, okay, I totally get
0: it now. Yeah. Um, It's like we were talking about, it's like you just become like the (laughs) person that you looked up to and you're like, fuck. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So I was like more comfortable, like pushing back and standing up for myself yeah and when was the last time you were over there that was that that trip yeah Yeah. and then you Mm -hmm. stopped it yeah Mm -hmm. that's when i realized i'm too old for this Mm -hmm. (laughs) living in the model apartments
2: too it's like here it's different in tokyo there's only a couple of us in bangkok our place was beautiful um in china it was the whole floor of a apartment building Mm -hmm. Um, and there's 12 of us between the ages of like 14 and 35 men and women from all over the world
0: it was like the real world. So, real world.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was crazy.
0: Wow. And everybody's having sex with each other.
2: Yeah. And they're, like, having <laughs> – they're people, like, having parties. They'd be bringing over half of the bar at, like, 4 o'clock in the morning. I remember waking up at one point and coming out, and someone had, like, uprooted a tree and, like, brought it inside, and there was, like, mud all over the walls and soap and stuff. Like, there was, like, a bubble party or something, and then all these people passed out on the floor. It's <laughs> was just like, what is going on? Like, muddy, wow. soapy.
0: Our poor cleaning lady. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you got back from Asia and then you were just like, is that when you decided to go into acting or?
2: Um, kind of. I Actually, after that, I was like, I quit. Um, <laughs> I, was, and I was like, I quit. I'm going to get a bunch of tattoos. Like, I'm done. I'm over this. <laughs> and then um, I ended up, I can't remember how it happened, but I think a friend of mine, we were chatting and she was mentioning how her agent's more of a commercial agent. And she's like, oh, I think they like you. They're super chill. Like. They don't. We wouldn't tell you how to wear your hair. They don't care about tattoos. Um, mm. I was like, okay, well, I could use some money, so I ended up going and meeting them, and um, they're, well, yes, I don't know. Never mind. Just, I'll <laughs> continue. but yeah. So they um, ended up meeting with them, and it was it was good. And so then that they were more focused on commercial. Um, and so that's when I kind of started booking those jobs that I never was before. I was just kind of doing print and runway and and uh more modely stuff and then when I was actually getting on sets where there was like video like it's not really acting it's commercial but I was like okay this is this is more my jam I enjoy this a lot more so that's kind of when I started waking up to that idea how do you so you've had an agent for so long
1: uh yeah I've had various agents throughout it all but right yeah. what are like do you have any pitfalls or um I mean, you don't have to out anybody, but that's like, I know,
2: literally, that's why I've bit my time right there, <laughs> so I was about to start complaining about some
1: things, but... Um, Past agents. Do you um, have any, like, bad experiences? Would you prefer to freelance, or do you enjoy having an agency? Um,
2: I like having an agency. I think it kind of, especially for modeling, it really weeds out those kind of creepy yeah. type of people. Mm-hmm. Like, they're really looking out for you. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're traveling though it's hard because they it's different here like in Canada your agent works for you there like you're their bitch so mm-hmm. um there was certain like in China as well like there were certain times when they would send me to jobs where I'm like this is not I'm not comfortable with this um one of them there it was towards the end of my contract and they're, at that point they're kind of trying to push you to get as much like as much out of you as you, they can before you leave
0: mm-hmm.
2: and uh they're like okay your call time is 10 p.m and it was like a club I'm like, I called them. I'm like, what? And they're like, oh yeah, yeah it's a, it's a job, whatever. And I'm like, no. Like, what do you mean? They're like, oh yeah, like it's a, like a Ferrari owner's party. Like you're gonna go like get a dress and then go to this party. I'm like, that's not a modeling job. That's an
0: escort service. Yeah. I'm like, that's not a modeling wow. job. And I'm like, I don't
2: know any of these people. They're like, when you go to a runway show, you don't know anybody. And I'm like, but that's modeling. This is not. Right. And so then I said no. But then one of my close friends who I ended up bonding with was because she was 16 and she was like so homesick all the time oh. so it was just her and I hanging out all the time like big sister little sister she said yeah she was gonna do it so I'm like well I'm not gonna let her go along we ended up going it was fine it was, but it, that's what but it was just had
1: each other yeah
2: exactly but it literally was like a, a fancy party where we were just there to entertain people so Ew. yeah and I'm like I think it's I saw a lot of girls where like you start saying yes to those jobs and they know that they can get you to do them and so then it just becomes a slippery slope of like how How much can they get out of you?
0: How do they, like, legally make that look like it's a modeling job and not an escort service? I don't... I think that there's, like, those regulations don't exist there. (laughs) Like, I don't... Also, like, the 16-year-old that went. Yeah. Yeah, How is she even allowed into a bar?
2: Uh, Yeah, they don't don't care at all. Like, it's so... um, for a lot of the, like, there's model nights at all these clubs um, and you get, like, so you show up with your comp card and the first time you go and they give you, like, an ID card and to, to get in. And so on model nights, every, like, Monday night would be this club, Tuesday night's this club. They give you free dinner and free drink tickets. Mm. And so it's, like, everybody goes to Red on Mondays. Everybody goes to Mint on Tuesdays. And they don't, like, it's all, like, 14, 15, 16-year-old girls. And then they're, and they're, like, 30-year-old guys. Ooh, yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> Correct. They don't care. Yeah, oh, that's like care not something all. I'm into at all.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah it's super weird.
0: Super do you like weird. need a parent with you at all times? <laughs> do you like, I feel like to like get into modeling, you always need like a parent that can like take job off to go like and like take care of you, you know? Not yeah. you, but like to help with that, you know? Well, it was funny too because a lot of the girls who had the guardians,
2: mm-hmm. um, then their parents would come for like a month, and they'd be like, "Okay, you know, she's settled in. I, I can, I can leave now." And then they would go wild, like oh, yeah. <laughs> just lose it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I can remember being like 15, 16 years old, and just wanting to be crazy, and then getting the chance to, and like not recognizing situations now that I would never put myself in. Danger. Be, dangerous. Yeah. I can remember um, when we were on a family. We went to a wedding of a family friends in Stockholm one year. And there was this cruise that we went on that was, like, literally just overnight. So it's literally just a party boat. And I was, like, 17, and I, like, met someone on the boat that was, like, playing music on the boat. And I, like, wanted to <laughs> Ooh, hang a out musician. with him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I and I wanted to handle this. All women learn at some point in their lives <laughs>
0: that musicians suck. Like, yeah.
1: And I can remember just, like, wanting to hang out with him, like, after he was, like, done playing and my mom being, like... No, and like not following me around but like making sure that we were not did not leave by ourselves he was also probably much older than me and it was probably very weird now that I like recognize it (laughs) but like at the time I was like oh you know so flattered yeah so flattered oh yeah
0: (laughs) it's so strange I don't know like because how old are you when you started modeling um,
2: so I was a little kid. Um, my mom was a model and she owned a modeling agency. Oh, wow. Um, so she kind of, anytime that they would need a kid for anything, she would like, oh, my daughter can do this. Right. So I did a couple little jobs as a kid. And then uh, she sold the agency when we were young to stay home and take care of us. But then the women she sold the agency to when I was, like, 16 gave me the modeling, like, classes where they teach you how to, like, rock on the runway and teach you a bit about the business and do yeah. your hair and makeup, whatever. And you get one photo shoot. So I had, like, four photos. And I remember I was walking to class when I was, like, 16 or something. And they called me. like, do you want to go to Tokyo? They want you right now. I'm like, yes, I'm leaving. and dropping out of high school. I'm moving to Japan. My parents were like, absolutely not. Um, 100% no. Um, but then... That really never left my mind. So um, after high school, I was like, yeah, I really want to pursue this. So that's when I kind of started taking it more seriously,
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, which is actually, it was pretty late for, for models to start at like 19, I guess, officially, yes. which is pretty crazy. But yeah, um, I'm glad I did, though, because I was
1: wild when I was younger. <laughs> right. I was just going to ask, I was like, do you have any wild stories from when you went over the first time? by yourself um, with like a bunch of other girls yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> well when I was in Bangkok there was a, a coup d'etat like the military overthrew the government for the first time and so oh. we were in a movie theater um and my friend my Thai friends called and they're like you know you should go home there's something going on right now um we're like oh we're just at the movie theater next door like he's like no you should go home now and we're like oh we'll wait till the movie's over But in the movie theater, um, the lights go up halfway through and a bunch of soldiers come in with machine guns and they're yelling at us in Thai. And we're like, oh, okay." And we ran home. And then we were like sitting up in our balcony and we could see downtown. It was all lit up downtown. And then we found our agent called us the next day and they're like, so it's a holiday. Um, You guys need to just stay inside for three days. And we're like, you're lying. We know what happened. We called the embassy. Um, So they put us under house house arrest, but they're trying to um, convince us that everything was fine. Um, and realistically it was fine. Like it's the, people really respect the King. So, um, uh, it was kind of diffused pretty quickly. My, my mom called me and she was like, come home. I'm like, it's just a little coup. Cool. Like, don't <laughs> worry. <laughs> it's fine. Um, but I ended up staying there and doing really well because people did leave. So, um, mm-hmm. it was good, but it was pretty crazy to be there with Marshall after, and there was just a huge military presence. Wow. Um, and at one point my mom, if she's going to listen to the story, mom, but, <laughs> but um, like, I found a weed dealer when I was there, and like, it's very strict. Like, don't take, like, right. don't smoke drugs. Like, don't take them out of your apartments. we had, like, we'd hide, like, in this little raisin container, and we'd, like, keep it in the cupboard. <laughs> Every so from the cleaning lady would find it, and she'd throw it away, and then we'd have to get more. Um, <laughs> but then, so I was very strict with the other girls. I'm like, don't take this outside the apartment. My friend was having a party one day, and he was like, um, he was like, yeah, um, you know, just, like, bring some weed. And I was like, okay, well, whatever. Like, I'll do that. So I b- grabbed, like, a handful of it and stuck it in my cigarette pack. And we were going in a taxi to, like, to go to this party. And I was sitting in the front seat. And we go around a corner and there was, a, a, like, a random check set up. And I'm like, oh, fuck. So I, like, open up my cigarette pack, grab it, eat it all. And I'm, like, asking my friend. I'm like, give me – she's, like, had this iced tea. I'm, like, chugging this iced tea and, like, just, like swallowing this weed – and they pull us over because they see a bunch of, like, young white girls in a taxi, like, oh, mm-hmm. cool. So they, like, we got pulled over all the time. Um, and they pulled us over and they start going through all our staff and everything. And he opened up my cigarette pack and he would have found it. So and as this starts hitting me too, I'm just oh, like, oh, God. this is crazy. Eating um, weed is crazy. Yeah, it was like a lot of weed too. Like a big enough amount. And then they took us, because we don't have our papers on us too, because our agency would always keep our passport. Mm-hmm. Um, So we just had photocopies of our passports and they take us to the police station. And so I'm sitting in the police station, like progressively getting higher and higher and higher <laughs> and waiting for the, the agency to come with our passports and being like, oh my God, this is horrible. We got to the party eventually. I just like put my head down the table and passed out. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah it's yeah. like a different effect than smoking you like start oh, yeah. to like not feel oh
1: your yeah body. yeah it's more like psychedelic yeah yeah
2: and then like combined with the paranoia of yeah, yeah also yeah so that
1: was probably the craziest thing that ever happened to me yeah. oh god. god what is that um scene is it in Super Troopers or he eats all the weed in the car? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and this like stars Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's exactly how she was feeling. Yeah. Literally. Oh, it's amazing.
0: Um, so you kind of like transitioned from modeling to acting just like being on more commercial sets? Yeah. <clears throat> how did like the jewelry making come about? Did you go to Yeah, it's crazy. I was like looking at your setup this morning on Instagram. Oh, really intense. Thanks. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that just kind of like super randomly
2: happened. I was, I did a a degree in political science. um, Yeah, and I kind of realized partway through, as we were saying, like, you don't, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But I wanted to finish it. um, And then towards the end of my degree, I just kind of started making bracelets for myself. I was working on King West and there's a bunch of like bead stores around Queen West area and kind of on my break and go walk around and buy stuff. And and then I was working one day and um, one of my clients was like, oh, I like those bracelets. Like, where'd you get them? Like I make them like, so I was taking them off. They're looking at them at the restaurant. They're like, oh, um, like how much do you charge for that? In my head, I was about to say like five bucks. I'm like, I'd pay like 40 bucks for that. I'm like, I'm like cha ching $40, <laughs> perfect. Um and so then like word got around and these these people were like, oh like like local Toronto designer. Mm-hmm. Um so I was like just riding my bike around selling these bracelets to all these people around King West all summer. Um and I just kind of like I love doing it. And I remember sitting with my friend and she was helping me make some and I was kind of saying like wouldn't it be cool one day to like you know be like own your own business and like fly around the world and source stones and kind of mm-hmm. design fine jewelry. She's like, yeah. I was like, okay, and then they kind of <laughs> stuck in my head, I'm like, I'm gonna make this happen. Um, so then after that, I started taking um, silversmithing classes. Like the mm-hmm. TDSB has one at Central mm-hmm. Tech. They do like adult learning courses. Yeah. Um, so I did that one. There's a couple studios um, in the city, like privately run studios. And then I was at that point when I finished my degree, moved back to Ottawa for a year. Um, and I took a course there. And I remember the first thing the guy said was like, if you're thinking about making this into a career, like you won't be able to. And I was like,
1: why challenge is always interesting because like, you're, you're a like, miserable
0: old man. Like <laughs> uh.
1: I feel like they tell all our professors to say that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like just tell everybody they are never going to be able to make money from it.
2: Yeah. I was like, okay, that's just because you're miserable. Doesn't make me miserable, yeah. but all right. Also
1: maybe just like your design sucks. sir.
2: Yeah. And, I'm like, well, and it's, <laughs> he's right. Like if you're going to try and sell like semi-precious silver handmade jewelry, it's going to be hard because the margins aren't, just aren't that great, but that wasn't my end game. So yeah. right. um, that was just how I was kind of learning all the techniques and how things are actually constructed and built. And I really enjoyed it. So
1: I mm-hmm.
2: um, started doing that. And then like a bunch of um, just things all kind of fell into place. Like my stepmom, her friend was wrapping up her, um, jewelry making business and she sold me like thousands of dollars worth of equipment for like a hundred bucks. Um, yeah, it was pretty crazy. It all fell into my lap. So I was able to set up a little home studio. Mm -hmm. Um, and then when I got to, we moved back to Toronto, my husband and I, cause he wanted to, he got into school here. Mm -hmm. Um, and, I wanted to pursue it more like full time. So I applied to actually George Brown has a four year jewelry program, Mm -hmm. but it's like almost 40 grand in tuition because you pay for the bench rental and your materials. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I can't afford to go into debt like that for art school, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. at this point in my life. Um, So I started kind of cold calling jewelers and seeing if I could get someone to take me on as an intern. Um, It took me about three months. People were like, you know, I don't have any room. No, 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 no. Um, And then this woman finally um, was like, come in and meet me. And she had a studio in college, um, organic metal gallery. Mm. And so Mm. she took me on as an intern and I helped her kind of do her manufacturing and a bit of her, like kind of organize her business a bit for her, paperwork and stuff, Mm. and then teach some classes and like really kind of catapulted my skill set at that point um unfortunately her business closed um, but then at that point i also was able to kind of uh, like buy some equipment and stuff and materials from her mm-hmm.
1: um and yeah, now i'm fully set up at home it's,
2: it's so our crazy. second bedroom yeah. so yeah
1: how did you find the transition to from an art that's like performative to like something that's craftsmanship when like using your hands oh, that's interesting it's super
2: different yeah um, i find like I didn't realize how therapeutic I would find it to work with my Mm. hands. Uh, It's, like, very meditative because it's, like, super fine attention to detail, a lot of repetitive motion as well Mm because it's, like, the finishing, like, building it is one thing, but then actually finishing it, like, polishing it and sanding it is doing the same thing over and over again just with different grains of of sandpaper and stuff like that. So it's kind of – you have to be really – like, commit uh-huh. the, the time and attention to it. Um, I found it was interesting in the teaching classes as well. It's, like, very evident how, like, you have to be, like, a little bit kind of crazy attention to detail, like, almost un- un- unhealthily, <laughs> to, <laughs> to be able to succeed at it because, like, some people get so frustrated and, like, like well, I'm done. I'm like, okay, well, did you try this? Yeah, yeah, well, even, like, ask – they'd be like, is this finished? I'm like, well, it's your piece. You know, you tell me if it's finished. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, But then they're like, well, I don't know. I just, like – and you have this idea in your mind, but then actually making it happen, well, you have to take the time to do mm-hmm. that. So it was – yeah, I didn't really realize that I had those kind of traits until I got into it. So. Right.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Especially, I'm assuming, coming from, like, modeling, especially with your experience, it was everyone was just, like, doing you. Like, it was everyone else that would, like, make you be kind of, like, the yeah. – the object and now you were like looking at you're more in control
2: more... that's but what i found with acting as well like I, I remember i booked a campaign so one day was shooting the the um print mm-hmm. and then the next day was shooting the commercial and during the print shoot the client was talking to me and i had like somebody like pulling my hair and like you know whatever I could smell burning hair and was, like poking my yeah. eye or yeah. something. and she's <laughs> like so do you like modeling or acting better and i'm like well oh, i like them both um but in that moment i was kind of like well you know, and then you show up in the commercial line, it's so different. Everyone's like, you know, here's a blanket, are you cold? Like, are you okay? Whatever. And, like, you're actually having a conversation with the director and they're because they need to get something out of you more than just your face.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so just the more, like, respect of you is more than just a, a body part. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, and then completely different with the jewelry is having the control over it myself and, yeah, being able to be creative in a way that's solely for me. Right. Until you start working with clients, and then it's not so much anymore. But <laughs> It's, like, what they want. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but there's also ways of kind of, like, sneaking it in. Like, my like, I find, um, especially when people are coming to me for engagement rings, they're like, oh, man, like, this is really overwhelming. I don't really know what I want.
1: Totally. Um, there's so many options.
2: Yeah. And so they're like, oh, this is what my, my partner has, you know, like, their Instagram, whatever. And they'll kind of, like, send me a selection of things. I'm like, don't worry, I got this. And so we trying to make the process as unintimidating as possible, but then also kind of Make it something like, okay, yeah, you, you, these are what you like, but I'm going to make it my style. That's why you
0: came to me. Right. Mm-hmm. So, Right. Yeah. It's interesting how, because, like, with jewelry, you just, like, start thinking in shapes, probably. Yeah. And, like, how things, like, sit on fingers and, like, open spaces and closed spaces. It's just, like, an interesting art mindset to have right because it's not really about like the flair and the it's about the colors and stuff and it is about the flair but it's it's like very much about like the open spaces and like the everything it's very crazy Mm -hmm. (laughs) especially with
2: like if I'm with engagement rings and wedding bands you're gonna wear forever it's thinking about comfort comfortability and durability as well Mm -hmm. and kind of a lot of the designs that are you know someone might like I'm like well you didn't think about this like if you work with your hands or if you're like you know like different hobbies and things i try and ask like, all these different mm-hmm. like, what someone who they are as a person because then you wouldn't right. make something with a whole bunch of prongs and things that could catch on things like if they're really yeah. if they're really busy and so there's just a lot of kind of more practicality involved in art that you're wearing
0: yeah right and where do you like source the stones and everything
2: um so i have a really amazing network of people that i've started to kind of i've curated over the past few years i a lot of them were i'm um, people that my mentor introduced me to from Organic Metal Gallery, um, yeah. and there's a lot of really unscrupulous people uh, in the jewelry mm-hmm. industry. So I'm really happy with the with the people I've found to work with. And my um, I main, one of my mentors now is my diamond dealer. She's amazing, and I ended up just finding her because someone wanted a black diamond. Black diamonds are. Um, there's either natural black diamonds, which are really expensive, or um, heat-treated black diamonds, which are just low-quality white diamonds that you laser and they um, turn black, um, so they're more affordable. And I had this guy who I actually met him at a bar or something. He's like, oh, I sell diamonds. And I contacted him, and he quoted me on this diamond. And I'm like, you're taking me for a ride here. I'm like, that's crazy. And then he's like, you're never going to make it in this industry. And yeah. no, i no, no. like lashing out i found out after he was just like an addict and he was just inserting himself into the like i can find diamonds like inserting himself into the the chain of command whatever he wasn't a dealer by any means Uh, i was like okay teach me to make connections at bars but (laughs) um but then i was like well panicking trying to find this diamond so i ended up just walking around Uh, there's a few buildings uh 27 queen east 55 queen east and 21 dundas that all the jewelers and like foundries and kind of um uh diamond dealers are all in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just looked went down the directory and the first one that was like E and D diamonds. I went and knocked on her door. She's like, Who are you? I'm, like, I'm <laughs> looking for her black diamonds. She's like, Are you a jeweler? I'm like, yeah. And that was like five years ago and now we're like really good friends. So oh. um I really trust her. I trust her eye.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um I trust her product as well. I know um I know where she gets it all from, which is especially hard with uh with diamonds. So
1: Right. I'm yeah. Sure there's like because there's um, a lot of people that want, like, ethical diamonds, mm-hmm. right? And, like, properly sourced diamonds. It's really difficult. Um, so the
2: Kimberley process is the um, is what is used to um, assure diamonds' origins. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Kimberley process is only applied to raw packets of diamonds. So when they actually come out of the earth, then, like, so the package will be stamped Kimberley. Mm-hmm. Then the whole package goes to De Beers in London where they decide whether... Um, they're going to be brought into the market or be put away to ma- like maintain the status of like um, a le- luxury item.
1: Oh right, they so they actually remove
2: diamonds from so the market. Yeah, so that they're what so?
1: more valuable. They yeah. hoard a bunch of them and they don't like so they don't flood the market.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh okay. Yeah, so then after that, if they decide the diamonds are going to go to market, then they send them to all the cutting countries, which are like Israel, Belgium, um, sometimes Russia. And then once they're cut, then they go to, like, grading countries. And then after that, then they are put into the market and sold, like or di- like large diamond markets and are sold. So even when you want a Canadian diamond, it comes out of the mine in Canada, goes to London, goes to a cutting country, then it'll come back to Canada before you can buy it. Hmm. Um, and there's so many opportunities during all of that to slide in other diamonds. So even though it says that it's...
0: There's a chance it's... Yeah, you don't know. Right, because how are you going to tell like one diamond from yeah. 40,000 other diamonds, right? Mm-hmm. They look the exact same. Mm-hmm. So if something says that it's ethically sourced, it's not, it's like kind of like a bullshit label.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Even like Canadian diamonds are lasered Canadian diamonds, but anyone can just
2: laser a, Canadian, a diamond and say it's Canadian too. So how. That's insane. Yeah. yeah. So like how. How? Oh. <laughs> um, i'm just sorry it's kind of like if you really want an ethical diamond um how would you get it yeah you so your, you go and pull it out of the ground yourself. yeah exactly <laughs> is literally that it? i don't know no um it's it's difficult so you can you can take a chance on a Canadian diamond and hope hope for the best um i mean like you don't i don't actually there's no statistics on it so i don't know how often that would actually happen right um but you would hope that it is the legitimate diamond um also, antique diamonds, so ones from the old mines, like the old mines would be in India. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it's not a blood diamond from Africa, but you also like the old mines weren't particularly like examples of amazing human rights. Um, yeah, you know, so that's it. Kind of depends on what what matters to you as well. Um, mm-hmm. Also, like using an antique diamonds is a good op- option as well because it's more environmentally conscious because mining is a super super damaging process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do we know things
0: aren't blood diamonds anymore? Then, do, like they have to go because do they... they? That's what the Kimberly Process is supposed to do. But it's supposed to stop it from.
2: Yeah. So certain countries can't export diamonds, but they border countries that can. So it's easy to just. So like Africa won't be able to export. Um, there's certain countries in Africa that can, but certain countries can't. And then, but they're bordering countries. They'll there's like they've caught people, um... just driving them across the
0: border. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and sneaking them in.
0: Interesting. I'm learning so much right
1: now. Um, So I'm interested because we don't get like lots of people that are like craftsmen um, in. So how do you, what's like the biggest learning curve that you've had running your own business? Um, That's a really good question.
2: It's been, I just kind of figured it all out as I went. Mm Because I have, I literally, my goal for this year is to write a business plan because (laughs) I have no (laughs) idea what I'm doing at all. Um, It's. I feel every day is a school day, man. Like, it's crazy. Um, I think, like, I initially just started selling it so I could afford materials, so I could just keep going, and then it just kind of snowballed from there. Mm -hmm. Um, I've done everything myself. Like, I built my website, all my photography. Mm -hmm. I do everything alone. I think I need to learn how to let go this year as well. Mm -hmm. Yes. um, But then I hear so many horror stories of when people hire people, and then they get robbed, and, like, it's just, especially with all the materials I'm working with, like, the most help I would be able to have someone to do my errands for me right um but then it's like there's times where i'm walking around with like forty, fifty thousand dollars worth of stuff on me and i'm like do i trust anybody else to do this probably not so wow um, yeah it's um it's a lot
1: of like capital to put up front
2: di- yeah for i have like, a lot of credit cards yeah <laughs> <laughs> so many credit cards okay. but the only, it's all funny too because all everyone i work with makes fun of me because all the jewelers work with cash and i work with credit cards and they're like you're so like the future i'm like <laughs> one of, like the young designers and they're like Oh, with your credit cards you're crazy and they all have to like my my diamond dealer is like i'll go in and she has to like actually boot up her credit card machine so i have to text her before i'm going in to let her know that i'm coming so they can get it all ready. and then i'm the only one that deals with credit so
0: why does everyone else deal with cash
2: it's just the the way they all it's always done. It's also it's a very strange industry because um, there's no like standards. Everything is like I, you ask me for a ring, I just name a price. Um, Ooh, yeah. Okay. So even like the first time I bought a diamond wholesale, like this is how much diamonds cost, and that and for it to have gone through that many hands before it gets to me as well. Right. Um, how many times it's been jacked up the price? So can I ask how much it was? Just like a raw um, diamond with I'll tell you. So what, what you're supposed to do, and I don't do this because I find it yeah. um, completely ridiculous. When I, what my mentor told me initially was when you get a diamond, or when, you, when a client wants to buy a diamond, I buy it wholesale and I immediately double the price before I even present it to them.
1: Mm. And what you're
2: supposed to do, why you're supposed to do that is to protect yourself if it breaks, but... I like during setting which is possible because it can happen right but I just like there's no reason why someone should like let's say if I buy a diamond for two thousand dollars I'm not going to sell it to you for four thousand right plus the cost of materials and the materials and labor and everything after that so you're going to get like the diamond would be two thousand dollars but the ring is going to cost you six and I'm making like four thousand dollars on it right like that to me is insane so Mm -hmm. i don't mark up that way um that's just my choice i'm sure that i I would have a price on my head if anybody was listening (laughs) to this right now because that's but that's why you know like they operate in cash they just kind of they're a bunch of hustlers so right it's funny to like and it's i call them the trolls because they're just these like really miserable people and like all these like just like pushy angry old men um, sell and sell buy diamonds yeah selling and buying diamond jeweler is just kind yeah. of like traditional and it's i understand it's hard because like a lot of them are trade like they're tradespeople. Mm-hmm. um you know they and it's it the way we're consuming now is changing people want to know where things come from they mm-hmm. want to have a personal relationship with their designer they want to have right. some say in mm-hmm. that they don't want and it's so the you know they're not doing so well it's like you're kind of in these elevators in these buildings with all these guys and they're I hear them talking like, oh, how's business?
1: Not good. How's business? Not good. And they're just like, and I'm, I'm sitting there like, oh,
2: I'm doing okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but we were right. just talking about this with someone else, like how you market and sell yourself is so different now. People want relationships and they want yeah. a story and mm-hmm. they want connection. Yeah. They don't just want an item. It's mm-hmm. like, we're like so far past the thing of just like, buying something because it's a thing yeah we want like everything that goes around it because why are we investing our money in something exactly if it's yes like maybe it's the same like quality product (laughs) Mm -hmm. a and b but if b is gonna give me a story a connection a relationship then Mm. i'm much more gonna go for B. yeah yeah and i think especially when you're spending
2: that much money on something like if you don't own a house or a car it's probably the biggest expense that you would have had at this point mm-hmm. so why are you going to choose me over somebody else i want right. like i want you to be able to trust me because i've worked hard to like build these relationships with my diamond dealer so i trust her like i mm-hmm. i want you to feel comfortable with this and make it as easy and painless as possible rather than feeling like you're being taken by her for a ride
0: right even like right. i was
2: working at um i was working at the keg and i was like listening to this guy talking about you just bought an engagement ring and i was like oh if you need wedding bands like Whenever once so we kind of started talking about it and he was telling me about his diamond ring and how much he paid for it and everything. And he's, he's like, so like how much did the materials cost and that? And I'm like, I don't think you want to know. Like, I'm like you, I'm like, how much is your appraisal? He's like, my appraisal was 20 grand. I'm like, how much did you pay for it? He's like, 20 grand. I'm like, oh. I'm like, first of all, your appraisal should almost be like two thirds to even sometimes double what you pay for it because um, that's just like industry standard. And okay. so I'm like, if you paid 20 grand for it like the materials and that probably, you could probably put that, that jeweler's kid through university. He's
0: like, what? Like, like, sorry, man. (laughs) Wow. Yeah,
2: like materials are probably like six grand.
0: Yeah. Also, like, I imagine that with jewelry right now, it's so much about like unique jewelry. A lot of people don't want, like, I mean, like, I've never wanted like a Tiffany diamond or like a Tiffany because all there's like the same set of rings. Mm -hmm. It's like 20 rings and everyone fucking has them and they all look Mm -hmm. the fucking same. Mm -hmm. So, like, People don't want a ring that's literally just, like, put through a mold, put on a belt, put on the... Th- it's yeah. like they want someone, like, handcrafting it. They want, mm-hmm. like, it to be different than every other ring. You don't want mm-hmm. the same ring as someone else. Totally.
2: Yeah. That's well, something that I've struggled with, though, too, is because I that is what I offer is completely custom mm-hmm. designs. And then people are like, I want this ring. I'm like, sorry, that's hers. Like, I'll make you something else. Yeah. But I'm not going to replicate this. Um, and then a lot of people do do, do that, though. And they, I've seen a couple designers that have kind of been stagnating lately because they've been replicating their designs. And it's like, well... I don't know if they had conversations with their clients or – because, like, I do own the design and I could do that without even asking if I wanted to, but that's
0: just not what I choose to do, so. Right. So, like, every ring that's on your Instagram page, you'll never make again, Mm -hmm. and it was only made once. Yeah. Mm
2: -hmm. Some
0: of them, like, there's certain – what I'm thinking
2: I'm doing is, like, I want to have kind of, like, a little capsule collection of rings that are pretty, like, standard um, that people – like, so certain ones, like, a you know, a a round – round band with, like, a, a solitaire diamond with six, six prongs. I've done that a couple times. I've mm-hmm. never done it exactly the same because someone wants it with rose gold or someone wants it with, like, little diamonds on the oh, band yeah. or whatever. I know exactly. um exactly. So that one, like, certain styles like that that are classic I've replicated, but mm-hmm. um, nothing that's, like, someone's paid for my time to design. I'm not going to then use that to...
1: And then, like, sell it for, for the same price. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're paying for the uniqueness as well. Totally. Right? So... I was really into the bands that I saw on your website with the two different colors in them was like the pink and the oh yeah with the inside Mm -hmm. yeah
2: I was like oh that's cool I like that too (laughs) because I find like it's weird like this probably wouldn't make sense if you shouldn't (laughs) work with gold before but I find like the different like rose gold feels different than white gold feels different than silver feels different than yellow gold when you're working with it so I kind of thought that was cool and they wanted to put the rose gold in the inside because it is kind of like warm and soft in my mind and then and then the kind of more brittle white like strong
0: white gold
1: on the outside so yeah it's very cool um we have to ask you the question
0: yes what's
1: the question oh
0: is being an artist (laughs) sorry (laughs) you usually ask is being an artist fucking killing
2: you absolutely not um and yes and no um there's always ups and downs i think every day is different my husband would probably say that it is killing me (laughs) um is your husband an artist at all or is he no he's a fireman um But it's actually pretty crazy because he's helped me in so many different ways when I'm stuck. And I'm kind of, like, looking at something. I've been looking at it in so many different ways. I'm like, I can't. And then he'll come over and be like, oh, just do it like that. I'm like, ah. but, it's, <laughs> but it's super helpful to have a second set of eyes. Yeah. Um, he's definitely creative in a lot of ways. so um, yeah. And, like, so supportive. Um, but, yeah, I think it's – the benefits definitely outweigh the – the downfalls and it's I know I knew getting into a creative lifestyle that it was always going to be crazy and never never boring that's for sure so yeah I just I think it's, it's healthy to remind yourself of that too why you're doing it every so often mm-hmm. that even when it's hard and crazy that that's why because it's not boring and
1: yeah ordinary and Life sucking, <laughs> killing you in different ways. Yeah. yeah, I imagine that. I was on the subway the other day, and just like in rush hour, and I was like, "Oh, this would kill me every day." That's one of my oh man, like that's mm-hmm.
2: like moments <laughs> like that where I like 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 count my blessings
0: if I ever have to take. Public, public transit during rush hour too yeah. Yeah, luckily Fridays i don't a week. Yeah, yeah i know it's crazy Ugh. but at the same time they get to go home and not have to go to a
1: second job
0: for nine hours that's like, true and yeah. Like, yeah. is it worth that
1: all of us are working tonight by the way
2: oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're all like
1: oh yeah we all have to do that tonight yeah <laughs> uh, anyway thank you so much thank yeah. you for having me i'm so awesome. fun If people want to find you, they can find you where? Yeah. A little, uh, Little, a little plug here. Yeah. Yeah, So my Instagram
2: is at Elizabeth underscore Blythe. And my website is www.elizabethblythe.com.
1: Great. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Thank
0: Thank you you. so much. If you liked what you heard, please rate, review, send us an email, send us a message. Let us know what you thought. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, basically any place you listen to podcasts. And Mm -hmm. thank you so much.